to everybody out there uh, listening to the Better People, Better Business podcast. Today, I am ever so fortunate to be sitting virtually with uh, Mr. Simon Dowling. If you haven't heard of Simon, I'm deeply disappointed and you should and you will. Uh, He's an amazing individual who I've known for some time now and is uh, someone whose company and conversation I deeply enjoy. Um, You kind of go, well, great, I'm glad you like him, Andrew, so tell us about Simon. So Simon's strength is around leadership and teams. He's an expert in that space and he has a passion for helping teams to harness their collective potential. Um, He's a speaker, he facilitates and he coaches and he works extensively with leaders who want to help their teams truly hum. Uh, And I can see that. The organisations who engage Simon are hungry to develop a culture where people are empowered to do their best work. He's got clients that include companies such as Car Sales, Seek, Integral Diagnostics, sorry, Integral Diagnostics. Mercedes-Benz, Redbubble and Medibank, some pretty big ones. And Medibank, kind of relevant when we're podcasting this at the moment in the media. Um, Simon is also the author of Work With Me, How to Get People to Buy Into Your Ideas. It's a practical guide to influencing and leading without authority, which is a central idea to Simon's philosophy of modern leadership. He began his career as commercial lawyer, Sorry, Simon. But his real passion for teaming was born out of his experience as an improviser. Now, for those like me who are old enough, uh, you will remember this. He trained and performed for many years, including in Working Dogs hit TV show, Thank God You're Here. Hmm. That's where you know his face from if you're watching on the video. Uh, <clears throat> it's an absolute delight to have you here, Simon, and uh, thank you for taking the time to share with us. Thank you. Thank you, Andrew. That's that's a beautiful introduction. Oh, Pretty yeah. well memorised, yeah. <laughs> Straight off the top of my head. I know everything. You know, it wouldn't be to do anything with a piece of paper. Or a Your research event. team is is uh, exacting. Oh, they are spot on. I get to work with some of the best people. <laughs> I really do. Um, <clears throat> and you can tell uh, this will be one of those podcasts slash videos, if you're watching it, that will be Full of healthy banter, um, Simon and I, when we do get together, are normally relatively nonsensical but useful. So uh, hopefully that will play out today in a beautiful way, as it always does. Well, the sentiment of looking forward to this uh, is uh, one I definitely share. Yeah, and uh, I guess we just have to remember it is there, there is an audience for this. It's not <laughs> it's not just you and me. But can't um, yeah, right? Okay, good. <laughs> Thanks everybody who's listening in. Um, and everyone knows who does regular listening. It's the first time. We're glad you're here. Reach out and say good day. But the way we always start, Simon, is a really simple question. So this podcast is better people, better business. When I say those words and the experience you've had and the work you do, what does that trigger for you? What does that mean to you if I was to say, what does better people, better business mean to you, Simon? Uh, the word that comes to mind is uh together Mm. because you know and you touched on it in the intro that you just uh gave which is my obsession really the thing i'm most kind of fascinated by is you can have a whole bunch of really good people in your team in your business they are brilliant at what they do they're talented they're enthusiastic they're experienced But once you put them together, you don't necessarily get the kind of possibility of bringing those people together. 
And so when I think of better people, better business, I, I think of better teams, better mm. business. And that's that, you know, the term that you, you, you touched on is collective potential. Mm. And I think that's, that's what I mean by that is how do you unleash that so that in fact, the sum of the parts to use the old saying is indeed greater than the, the whole. Mm. One plus one equals three mathematics. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I think there's some subtlety in your word together. Um, you say it's about bringing people together. Uh, so there's obviously the conversation around co-location and we've had some complexity that most of us noticed over the last few years about togetherness being a little more challenging. Um, but I have, I knowing, knowing you well enough and knowing how you, you know, some of your work, together isn't just about showing up in the same place, is it? No. It's an energy thing. It's a connection thing. It's, uh, you know, I think the fascinating thing about organizations and companies is that, and we don't talk about this very often, right, is that yeah, you, you come into your role, you come into your job, you might meet a couple of people as part of the process. But fundamentally, from mm. the day you start, you're part of a team with people that you didn't necessarily choose to be part of a team with. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Like day one is getting to meet all the people that you are now going to spend almost every hour of your waking life with, whether you're mm. doing that in person or virtually or both. Mm. Um, and the implicit mandate is so find a way to get on and not just get on, actually create some magic together. Uh, and uh, hopefully you don't hate each other. <laughs> So I, I actually reckon this is the bit that we miss quite a lot, which is how do you put a bunch of strangers together, slap a label on them that says you're a team now, um, but actually help them to work out how to become a team, mm. which sometimes even begs the question, should we have slapped that group of people together? Mm. Like you get, you get more and more, I think, you sort of see people talking about in interviews, we're interviewing for cultural fit. And that that has that's a double-edged sword itself. Yeah. But I suppose that's an indication of where we're thinking about, okay, how well is this person going to play as a team member? But I would like to see teams and organizations go even a little bit further to really test out the suitability of this person or this group of people to be the team that we need. Because I think the teaming thing is critical to what most organizations are trying to do now mm. and going forward. Yes, I'm just teaming leads to teaming, you know, you can play with uh, two E's or one A, one A, you know, but yes, yeah. it, it's an interesting, um, <laughs> sorry, you just. No, I'm with you on that. Like I want an organization that's teaming with teams. Is that what you Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> and teaming with the potential because they're teaming well. Yes, it is a piece that you're talking about there. Quick, write that down. (laughs) Have we recorded this? We're in the process of redesigning my website at the moment. So you're giving me just far too much to work with now. (laughs) Yeah, but it is an interesting piece. And when you say, like, again, because that's, thank you for that. When you talk about the together piece, um, and you said it in, look, there's some great little pieces of wisdom there. People feel free to press rewind, you know, give or take a minute and have a listen again. The piece around not just slapping people together and waking the label teams on, but but how do you actually get them, individuals or that, that collective, to function well? Mm. Um, 
you know, your background in that, particularly in, in that improv world where you did, people got slapped together, here's a theme, go get them tiger. And you had, that was the game. Um, but you wanted to do that. That was what rang your bell um, mm. in organisations. There's a whole stack of people who aren't so interested in whacking together. Here's your theme, go get them tiger. Um, mm. How do you help people deal with that? Because that's a really important piece, isn't it? Mm. Um, it's a it's a deeply uncomfortable, as you said. You're potentially spending a lot of, depending on how you're structured, whether it be virtually or physically, you're spending a chunk of your waking hours with this group of people. Mm. Significant. It's a great parallel too that you draw with the improv background that I've got, um, because. You know, the parallel in that world for me was you would sometimes get people coming to play improv with you, particularly if we're performing a comedy festival or something, and they would be, their background would be as a stand-up comedian. Mm. Um, and so yeah, people would want to go and see them because they're a stand-up comedian. Mm. But their their mindset around the performance was very different because they were used to having the mic to themselves. It's me. It's me. Their shtick, their jokes. Yeah, and so me. it's almost like a look to the audience and waka waka, I'm doing my thing. <laughs> and people would laugh at that. But often as a as an improviser or as an ensemble, I mean, we use the word ensemble in improv because, you know, ensemble mm. meaning together. Mm. As an ensemble, you'd sort of stand there going, okay, how do we, we have to look after this person, but now it's our collective responsibility to look after this kind of more lone wolf type player. But it's hard work because as improvisers, we would spend a huge amount of time. Like you can't rehearse the show because there's no script. That's the point. Like you're making it up. So what do you do? Just rock up on the day and hope for the best. Well, we would, and people would often say, when you when you have your workshops or rehearsals, what are you actually doing? Like, are you cheating? And it's like, no, we're, what we're doing is practicing practicing the skill of creating stuff together. So we're drilling, we're, we're practicing, we're learning. But I think more than that, we're actually sort of developing between us a shared language of what good co-authoring, co-creation looks like. And so you'd have a mental model that you just immediately share around what are the key principles of if we're going to work as a team, mm. how to make this work. And there's some classic stuff in the world of improv that, underpins it's like a universal language that underpins the ability for sometimes complete strangers to step on a stage but very quickly play ball things like um and probably the most famous is yes and mm. which is um basically summarizing the idea that when someone says something i say yes either i say yes or i act yes in other words yes i i hear your offer i see what you've just done and, and now I build on it. So we're never cancelling each other out or what improvisers call blocking. We're always building on each other. And then another one that's implicit in that is make your partner look good. So no matter what mm. happens, the principle of improv is I will make you look good. Even if I'm berating and yelling at you on a stage because that's the scene and it, it's, it's required, I will still, whatever you then do, I will make sure that you look good as an improviser mm. in this. And so you're building mm. that. You can see how critical that is to both not just the co-authoring, but the trust that's required. Yeah. 
And I, I think, sorry, I'll just quickly like, because okay. then go back to your question. So how do organisations do that? I think that's what's missing for most organisations is there's no language or principles that are learned, practised, obsessed about um, in terms of what does it actually mean to team? And then even further, maybe used as a, as a screening tool to say who's up for this and who's not. Mm because there are some roles in this business where teaming is absolutely essential. So you've got to be up for it. Mm. You, you will be miserable. We will be miserable if you much prefer to work alone yeah, or you don't like to share. Um, so we've got, to, we've got to work on developing that. It's not enough to simply have a set of values and one of the values says teamwork or one of them says collaboration. Right, now we're done. Everyone's got that. Uh, it's not that simple. No, it's... But I don't globally significant stage uh, characters like Jim Collins, good to great. I mean, that's one of the biggest premises he has, isn't it? The whole, there's a bus, your business is the bus, there's a bunch of seats, define the seats and make sure the right people are sitting in the seats. Mm. Um, and, and you are right, there is this implicit uh, or implied at times where we go, well, of course, of course they want to be, of course they're sitting on that seat. And yeah, for, for teams out there, the subtlety <clears throat> or not so subtle conversation that Simon had there was this piece around have you actually have you actually had a conversation with some of your team to make sure they want to do this work to make sure they want to be team because um, team won't be team unless everyone on the team wants to actually be there and do the work they do. Um, yeah. I think I used team way too many times there, but um, it's okay. Well, <laughs> but it's I mean that's actually kind of cute because. I think that's what goes wrong in organisations is people use the word team all the time as if it's mm. like, you know, a group of people is a team. It's not necessarily. It's a it's a group of people yeah. <laughs> who we, yeah. came together in a room and all report to the same person. And we see it best, I think, one, I, I love that. And I think one of the things we see, a best example of where that can be healthy or, or problematic is in sporting fields. And I'm sure you've used the analogy many times where and even that when you talk about with the stand-up comedian versus the improv crew but on the sporting team you know, the team of champions or a champion team you know um, they're not really a team of champions they're just a bunch of people who are really excellent individually but they're a really crap team um, versus the people who truly want to function and it is a champion team they, they work on what it means to be team Mm. Um, or in the improv slash stand-up comedian. I love that imagery and I can just imagine it. You know, the stand-up who's so used to getting either lauded or laughed at or shouted down, whatever, but it's them. Tomatoes, right? Yeah, it's all on them. And they love, that's what they, that's where the energy comes from. But when they have to then integrate into this community, this team. Mm. And and to be fair on that one too, because, and I think this parallel is important, I don't want to paint that stand-up comedian, for example, as well, you know, I love the spotlight. So, you know, give it's an ego fueled, like, you know, make, gives me a buzz to be the performer. But there's actually, and this is very relevant to the business world or, or corporates, organisations, is there's this deep-seated mindset of it's my job to yeah. make this go well. Yeah. And so there's this, you know, if if I'm if I have that mindset on a stage, and it's like everything that's happening, it's like, oh, this is not this is not they're not laughing yet the audience, or it's not going well. It's my job to fix it. I become kind of myopic around what am I going to say next? What am I going to do? Um, 
as opposed to how do I help the people who are on this stage with me to make this amazing? And it's a very different focus, right? And it comes back to this question of where do, where do so many teams maybe get this wrong is I think actually this problem often just starts with leaders, leaders who assume it's their job to fix stuff and to make it go well and so become um, obsessive almost or that's their internal measure of success around it's my job to fix this until I've fixed it or come up with a plan, I should just keep everyone doing their thing on their tools, just keep them busy. But in fact, in doing that, what we're fundamentally kind of doing is disempowering people from actually being the solution themselves. Mm. So you get all these leaders talking about, I want to, I want my team to be accountable. I want them to be empowered. Well, maybe the reason they're not is because you're so hell bent on holding on to control until yeah. you've got a plan yep. that they never can be a team. So they're just waiting for you. And, uh, <clears throat> and the frustration the leader then often feels around, why aren't they? And the image I always hold of that one, Simon, and it's, that's powerful, thank you. The image I hold is, um, I think, I think of the greatest American showman type thing, the circus, with the ringmaster, ringmistress, whatever the oh, language nice. is, kind of, yeah. you know, and the, but the circus is going on, but they're in the middle going, you know, I'm controlling it all. Or are you? Or are you just in the middle with the spotlight making lots of noise? While all the things happen around and, um, you know, and or no one will do anything until the, the person in the middle says, do it. And you just debilitate the team even further and even further. And I know I think I would happily say that I have been in those places and I have led that way. Um, and it is, uh, and I'm sure that there's many people out there listening and quietly going, yeah. You've been there, done that, and or might be still doing it. And that's okay. Yeah, totally, because I am too. I, and, you know, I, so if, if it's really interesting to sort of think when are those moments when you stifle people's ability to actually just step on the stage and play to bring their full, their full selves to actually do some extraordinary work and almost just take ownership of it. And... I reflect on, for example, those moments when I might be talking about a project or a task or I might be, in fact, I had it this week, I was running a workshop where there was a point at which just people in the workshop, it was, and it was meant to be a, a, a workshop to come up with initiatives and next steps. I was the facilitator. Mm. And I have a moment that goes off in my head, which says, what is wrong with you people? Why don't you take responsibility for this? Like stop being... Um, the shrinking violet in the room. Stop waiting for other people to take ownership. Like, take some ownership. <laughs> That's the internal voice in my head. And then it takes me a little while to kind of like just sort of sit with it, take a break, reflect, and go, hang on. You never let them take ownership. You were so, as the facilitator of that workshop, you were so hell-bent on making sure the workshop went well that you just kept taking control. And you didn't allow enough mess. Mm. You didn't allow enough awkwardness. You didn't allow enough uncertainty in the room because mm -hmm. you kept trying to tidy it up. Like I'm, I'm, I'm the greatest showman at that moment, wandering around going, oh, gosh, don't let the audience feel awkward. <laughs> Come back in and fix it and make it like it's all good. 
Mm. Um, whereas, in fact, teaming does require being okay with just sitting with the chaos and the mess. Yeah. We're not in perfectly ordered lanes on a highway here, all driving and the traffic's flowing perfectly and there's an emergency stopping lane. We're actually at that busy intersection, the roundabout in, I don't know, Vietnam, where mm. that's the one I picture where it's just to my eye, it's chaos. But to their world, it's working beautifully. It works. Absolutely. Yeah. Context. I think that's a really, really sage reflection that everyone should catch on to is um, that if, if there isn't a level of messy and chaos and a little awkward, and I don't mean all the time necessarily, but if there isn't a level of that at different times, different places, you're probably not getting to where you need to get to as a team. Um, or as a leader, if you're not allowing that little bit of messiness, discomfort and awkwardness, and we're not talking about, you know, throw them to the walls and let them go, but there is that level where, because those messy times and the discomfort, the tension, you know, I often say frustration is a beautiful thing. It's the birth of something, you know, and, and I don't like being frustrated, have no doubt, drives me nuts, but I also know that something shifting or changing yeah. on, a, on, on a biochemical neural level pathways are forming and that hurts that's hard um teams... a great way of looking at it though the flag that says i'm feeling frustrated what's what's happening in this moment yeah where's the opportunity what's going on why how do i and it's not about trying to find a silver lying on every cloud but it is seeking to understand what might be happening here and in team sense especially when you're in the whole, we've all seen the beautiful forming, norming, storming, performing. And, and sometimes we throw that away a bit too lightly, but it's, it's a real process that happens with people and with teams. Um, mm. And mm. I think we, we hire, we hire somebody, we hire somebody's, we drop them in the bucket. Um, mm. And then we expect them to function and fit in and play well. Um, well, I, yeah, I, I, I'm totally with you on that. I think that, you know, you know, I'm going to go back and draw a parallel with the improv world again, which I'm only just thinking of as we talk about this, because, um, you know, if we, if we assume for a second that great co-creation in improv is about the ability to kind of, for every individual to let go of being the leader, mm. the lead, and that we're actually all kind of co-authoring here we're co-leading which means we're constantly taking cues from each other and you think of that same idea in any kind of team i think like teaming playing as a team harnessing collective potential is actually one big game and i call it a game of what's possible mm. like we come into a team meeting who knows what's possible here well we'll never discover it if we don't let go of the need to control every beat of this meeting you know slide decks agendas that are so jam-packed that there's no room to just sit with a blank question a question or a blank sheet of paper or an idea and just go so let's just open up this question of what's possible here mm. the the reason maybe we don't get to that is because we don't do enough of the forming if you go back to that tuckman model mm. and the forming is like in the world of improv we spend all that time learning that language and those principles because they then become the guardrails of how we do this so we want the freedom to co-create but we need to agree the parameters and the rules by which we do that um and i think teams need to spend more time doing that as well i think one of the biggest problems with teams is that they don't really have in many cases a, what i call a collective mission 
Mm. I don't really have a shared clear sense of what it is we are trying to achieve by working together as a team. Uh, sure, I might have on a wall somewhere the, the organisational vision, which um, at least half the time is lame anyway, but it's like, like what are we, what's the meaning of what, why we exist and what are we trying to do and what, you know, what's that, what's the absolute obsession in terms of our focus this next 90 days? Yeah. Like, are we all clear on that and how each of us fits to that? So if we're not clear on that, it's going to be really hard to then step into a room and go, so now let's explore what's possible. Or if we don't have agreement on, so then if that's our collective mission, what are the most important principles by which by which we need to play? Mm. You know, to actually design together this, this idea of how we roll. I talk a lot about, we've got to be clear together on how we roll as a team. Let's set ourselves some rules of the road if we need to, but they're the rules by which that will enable us to co-create. So you've actually got to spend this time setting yourself up for success. And I don't think teams do it because it either feels like a distraction from the real work or certainly in senior leadership teams, I think there's often a mindset that says, oh, well, we're all very senior here. We're all grown up. We're all adults. You know, we, that seems far too basic. Yes. <clears throat> it's uh yes, we're, we're beyond that. We've done that work before. We're good now. Yeah. So yes, not true. So yeah. not true. I call BS on that. So that's, I, I think only in recent times, I've started to realize it's, it's part of my, work now to make sure people realize those sorts of myths or stories they're telling themselves about mm. you know what what's already going to be fine is just not fine and it's infecting whole organizations people are leaving organizations in droves because they're going i don't feel connected to the purpose of this place my leaders don't even seem to understand it they're not telling me a story that i can connect to so i'm out yeah and there is that transitional people uh, choose to leave organizations, go to another place, just looking, trying to find home, trying to find yeah. what, what they consider to be something that feels more like home, whether they can align with the purpose, the mission of that entity. Um, yeah. And I again, happily say there's work to be done in my space. And I suspect everyone listening, most people would say, yeah, we, we can sharpen that one up. Mm. Um, and what does that look like, Simon? If someone came, like someone's, heard you say this and they go yeah look that's actually yeah making me a little uncomfortable because there's some truth in here simon um <laughs> and they you know they go hey mr dowling i heard your stuff what can we do <laughs> right how do i how do i go you know well so there's two questions there one obviously feel free to call simon and have that conversation yeah I was gonna say. Some wonderful <laughs> outcomes and i would encourage that deeply um, but on the other side of it, for people just as they're thinking through in their own businesses, what sort of things should they be thinking about? What sort of activities or focus? Like because it's it's easy for us to sit here on this and go, you know, should be doing more teams, should be better culture, should be yep. fixing stuff up. What's yep. wrong with you lot? Get yep. after it. You know, yep. and judgment passed, right? Thanks, have a great day. Yeah. What, what are there some pragmatic things that you kind of go look? Here's the things that I think about, or here's the thing I think I encourage people to think about. Yeah. When I work with them, because I think even um, yeah, if people are going to work with you, and again, like I said, I'll keep encouraging that. Um, it, it's always nice that they've started some work before you walk into a cold room as well. Well, the, the question, the question I would ask every anyone who sort of listens to this kind of conversation and goes, yeah. 
I wish for something more for my team. Mm. I yearn for something a bit different. Mm. I think you've got to sit back and first of all, ask yourself, why though? What, what is it that you are trying to unlock here in terms of that collective mm. success? Like, I think the problem with this is teamwork has started to sound a little bit like something, you know, it's like, let's fall off tables backwards and catch each other. And so it's been relegated to the world of like, oh yeah, that's the, that's the fun and fluffy stuff that we do uh, just to keep you know, mm. people happy enough, but then mm. we get back to business. And so for me, I, before I start any engagement, I guess the question I'm really asking is how much does teamwork really matter? Mm. It's perhaps why I don't, it, it, you know, I use this word teams that hum, but it's why I also use this term collective potential. Like what really do you see the collective potential of your team being? Like if we would work together, we would work together more consistently. If we were to hum, what would that unlock that you haven't already unlocked? And I think that's the conversation every team needs to have first because there's no point starting the work unless there is a sense of there's value in this um, because it actually is a bit of work. <laughs> there's, there's some effort required here. Um, and part of my job is to think how do I help organisations or teams rather set themselves up to do that work alone, like not to be dependent on people like me or consultants or coaches to do it, but there is some work to do. Um, one of the activities I often get a team to do to start with is to actually talk about for them, if I introduce this idea of teams that harm and teams that work really well together, when, we, when was your first great team experience? Mm. Just talk about that. Mm. Because what I think people often discover is, you know what? you've had team experiences of the kind I've never had. Like I, I would love to have been in a team like that. I, don't, I never did team sport. Mm. Um, the teams I was put in was kind of like we were the D division and we we're all, you know, none of us wanted to be there. I've only ever worked in kind of line management kind of structures. And I, I actually have realized I don't even really know what a good team feels like. Well, no wonder you haven't even caught the team bug. So mm. why would you want to, you know, you don't even understand what possibilities look like. So when were you last part of that? Or what are the examples that you think of? Like for some people, it will be the sporting world. Other people in the room will go, oh, please don't talk about sport. So they'll talk about music, orchestra, community arts. They'll talk about their family unit. They'll, they'll, they'll talk about their last employer. Who knows? But actually just spending some time, first of all, going, what do we want from this? Mm. And... I'll often, like if I work with exec teams, which, which is where a good chunk of my work lies, a big bit of time at the outset is me trying to understand whether, in particular, the CEO actually really gets what this is all about. Mm. Because otherwise, what they're likely to do is say, so let's come together for half a day, fall backwards off tables and catch each other. Yes, tick, I've done the team thing now. Yes, yeah. You can go back to the board or the collective and say, yes, done some team stuff. Yeah, well, well we should be good now. Yeah, they will be good. But then I think from there, what I, you know, really simply, and we can dive into any of these in detail, but really simply what I say is a team needs to focus on um, three core questions to start with. 
Uh, and this is the these are the core questions that help us build up kind of a shared picture of what we're here to do. And the three questions are focus, flow, and care. Mm. The focus question is, what are we what are we collectively focused on achieving here? Like, why do we exist? What's our purpose? What's our ambition? What's that collective mission? Um, what are the things that matter most right now? And how does all of the, each of us connect to that? Mm. If we can build up a picture of that, that we all understand, I'm, I'm constantly blown away how often teams in those conversations go, oh my God, I had no idea what you were doing. Well, no wonder you couldn't work as a team. So that's mm. focus. The flow question is, and then mm. if, if we are genuinely obsessed about that, how do we flow as a team? Like, how do we need to roll? How do we work together best? What do the dynamics need to be? Where are the interdependencies between us? How do we kind of help each other with that? What are the big problems each of us is facing? And how do we, how do we help support each other on that? But, but, and the, but, but we've got a bunch of PDs, though, that pretty clearly explain that stuff, Simon. Do they? <laughs> Say we do. Let's just say one of those hypothetical organizations that do. They do exist out there, I'm sure. But they yeah. do. And I'm not yeah. like, I guess this is the tension where some people go, but I've got it. There's a bunch of PDs. People should understand, shouldn't they? And I'm not just, I'm not, and I'm playing with that. I'm not just, yeah, no, I'm, I'm just, I'm sort of sitting here going, oh my gosh, there is so much in that. Like, yes. I think, I mean, a great PD, a really good one might start to answer that question by like if I looked at Andrew's PD I might be able to see what Andrew's focus is on right now but chances are Andrew's PD just describes what his role in very broad terms are when he first started in it and in fact it's out of date before he even began so yes. what I would love to know is what are the three big things that are in your spotlight right now yeah AD how are they taking <clears throat> your time but yeah. then in fact that's only the the first part, because what the PD won't answer and what your goals, KPIs, OKRs won't tell me is where are the intersections, where are the interdependencies between us on that? And that's the stuff between between the cracks that we're trying to discover as a team. And it's what yeah. teams often just, again, don't spend any time at all doing. Yeah, that's beautiful. I just thank you for that. I think it probably helps a few people listening going, yeah. Okay. Understood. It's an easy, I mean, I, like I've had people, you know, literally in teams, I get them to put it up on a sheet of paper, just show us your top three mm. kind of focus areas at the moment, your top three initiatives or areas where you, you, your energy is, what they are, why they matter, what you're trying to get from them. And then I've had teams, I've given them string and they've drawn bits of string between the between the posters to say here's where mine intersects or here's where mine interferes with that or you interfere with me and it's a fascinating exercise just to talk about that i'm sure it looks like one of those those uh, police tv show things with the you know the lasers light, the lines lights. go all the, all the strings with it you see that wall of the person trying to track down oh, yeah, the, and there's just this connectivity everywhere the case know? map the, yeah. yeah the case map man. it's because it is it does if if you think your organization doesn't have that, you're kind of kidding yourself because, and you potentially are pretty ignorant to be dungle blunt yeah. um, because it is absolutely going on underneath the hood right now. Yeah. And because the line is not clear of joining that dot to that dot and it's not negotiated or discussed, it, it's not to use your word, who's no flow. Mm. It's, it's, Jesus is really uncomfortable. I'm not quite sure why. Yeah. Yeah. 
And and so again, it's the team's it's the team's job to unpack that only once we've talked about focus. Like you can't talk about flow till you've got clear on focus. We don't have a mm. shared picture of success. And and just to come back to the third element, because anyone yep. who's who's listening will go, hang on, you said there was a third. Where is it? Yeah, I was I was waiting for them, just you know, get hanging yeah. on. <laughs> so I've talked about focus, I've talked about flow. The third is care. And yeah. care care has a meaning that's slightly different from maybe what springs to mind immediately. It's not care for each other. That's that's a separate piece. It's it's, it's critical. But the care, the care here is the care for any of what we just talked about. So focus and flow. So what mm. often happens in team workshops is people talk about focus and flow and then they go, all right, that was a great conversation. Good to hear it all. Um, thanks, senior leader, for looking after this for us. Um, let us know what's happening next. And so what we haven't done is got to a place where we've worked out how do we as a team share the care for mm. this? Like whose job is it? to now make this happen is the question I ask. Who's, who's, to whom have you just made these commitments around focus and flow? Because the answer can't be to the well, boss. Hers or his, isn't it? Yeah, not there. Yeah. No. It's, it's got to be, we just made that to each other, didn't we? Well, okay, so now things get tricky because you don't all have a one-on-one with each other. So you don't, you don't conduct each other's performance review. So how do we create a kind of accountability to each other here. Mm. How do you create a commitment to each other when none of the kind of classic um, institutionalized ways of holding people accountable don't apply here? Mm. And that's a really interesting conversation for teams to have. Like, do we have a cadence, a regular rhythm of conversations where we say, how did we do this week? How did we do this month? It's one of the great things of like, um, agile working methodologies for any of your listeners who are familiar with that, you know, particularly born out of the tech digital Mm. software world, but the art of the retro regularly, the retrospective enables them to ask these kinds of questions when it's done well. So not just how did we do on the project, but actually how did we perform as a team? Um, It's what professional sporting teams do really well. It's what a lot of professional artistic teams will do really well is actually obsess about, how they're working mm. as a team. So building that in is a huge step forward. Mm. So they're the three things. I call those the three alignments, focus, flow, and care. And if you can build alignment, radical alignment around those three things, fierce alignment, mm. um, you've got a shared a shared model. Mm. That's very cool. Again, if you didn't catch all that, there's a lot of content there. Hit the old rewind button and have a listen. Um, and the other thing I'm, I'd be happy to do, I've got a visual that kind of captures that. And if any of your listeners want it, uh, um, we, we can work out how to best get that to them. But yeah, Absolutely. And I suspect it's also accessed through your, your site and et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, yeah, totally. Gladly throw something in the show notes below to point them toward where to find that. Because I think that is a, a very elegant way to talk about what matters on that journey, you know, the focus, the flow and the care. Um, mm. and, and you know you can use a bunch of words but those words work well you know what's mm. your focus how do we flow you know and flow is a good word I think it's a it's a more known word these days than it was 20 years ago and people are comfortable with it mm. um, and, and care and I like the way the spin there isn't about it, of course we care for each other but how do we care for what we've just birthed here yeah. Yeah. how do we collectively keep this moving in the right way 
that's but, a, that's a big question. It is. And I think, you know, what a lot of people might sit there and listen to and, and think at that point is like, oh, gosh, I'm just not sure my team is is invested yet enough mm. in each other to have that kind of conversation. You know, we just need to build trust. We need to build this sense of connection. We need to we need to decide whether, in fact, everyone's on the bus to go back to that expression you used mm. earlier, AD. And it's a tension, right? Because I say yes and mm. imagine the trust that can start to build through the conversations I just was outlining because it actually is answering a really important question, which is what are you asking me to trust in? It's not just people for the sake of people. It's people who have come together for a reason. And then at the end of this conversation, I'm going to feel more trusting of you or less trusting. Part of this work is I've got to get to know each other better as well. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Spend time understanding each other's preferences, styles, you know, quirks, histories, all of Mm. that stuff. We've got to layer that in as well. But I think it's a mistake to try and tackle that first just on its own. Um you know, let's let's have a trust building session. I, I think you've got to give us something to trust in first. And if the team doesn't yet have that, let's let's work on that. Yeah, I think it's that's that's the interesting piece that you talked about and how your work occurs. Um, so you're right, people can go away to a half day, full day, whatever trust workshops. Um, and often, as you said, you know, we we play with it and no disrespect to it, but you know, going backwards and all that. They all adds value that can absolutely start to put in place trust. The question that I've always had, and you've just elicited it really well, is it, what what are we framing that in? <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's a human piece, which is beautiful, and it's lovely to have that. But it should be the human thing and where the organisation, the collective wants to head. If you can build trust in service to the mission, that's really interesting. Yeah, um, because that's kind of where it's at. Like we'd love our teams to trust each other more and to be more comfortable and, and affiliative, and yeah, and and how yeah. do we also get that same thing happening in service to clients, work, focus? Yeah, it's a really useful, really clever frame. Looping back to the very beginning of this conversation, right? When people joined the team, they probably actually really just signed up for their PD to go back to yeah. your thing. So yep. that's what I signed up to do. And I knew there was going to have to be some teamwork along the way, but really the PD is where it's at. And what we're trying to do is shift from that and say, you know, again, go back to Jim Collins. If we were to say you're either on the bus or on off the bus, whose bus are you actually talking about? Mm. <laughs> My bus, your bus, the boss's mm. bus. It's like actually got to be our bus. And if it hasn't been built yet, like what are we trying to do? You can't ask me to be on the bus or off the bus. I don't even know what the bus is. Where's it going? Who else actually wants to be on it? Um, yes. What's the level of commitment that the others are bringing to this? Like, there's so many questions. Oh, my gosh, Andrew. Oh, the my six, gosh. There's six leaders in the room. They're all driving their 35-seat buses to wherever they're going. Oh, well, this is what kills me about And I think this is why it actually starts. It has to start really. If you're trying to do this as a cultural thing, it has to start with the senior leaders in the room. Because the you know exec teams that just don't get this, uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yes, I still remember a conversation. Um, all names aside, of the client who reached out and said, "We need, I'd like Andrew. I'd like to do some work. The field-based team just aren't clicking. They need they need to do better." 
excellent. So, you know, tell me what that looks like. Yeah, blah, cool. So really happy to do that. But what I'd like to start with is your leadership team to be able to understand. So, so you're clear on what it is you're doing such that the exampling that's flowing through is aligned. No, no, you don't understand. We're good. <laughs> we are the role models. We're good. Okay, that's lovely. And you know, because what we know is that leadership, the exampled, if they're having issues that could be an echo of issues that you're not seeing in your own world, no, no, you don't understand. We're, we're good. Mm. And, and it was an interesting process. In the end, we didn't do the work because my premise was, unless you're willing to do the work, I'm not I'm going to do the work for them. Like it's, it's, it, it won't succeed. Mm. I, I'm not interested. Mm. Mm. Um, someone will do it. That's awesome. It isn't going to be me. Um, Maybe a great question for a team like that, a senior leadership team, and I'll, I'll often ask a team this question as we sort of design the work is, what are the three things that this team does exceptionally well as a team mm. that you would like to see every other team in this business do? What can they learn from you? And then the next question is, if I went out and asked people in the business, rate this team on a scale of one to five on how they're going with this, what score would they give you? And I think that just, it makes teams nervous and maybe that's part of the deflection, right? It's like, oh, please don't, you know. We're the top team. We're supposed to have this stuff together. So please don't come digging into our closet. Yeah. And yet we know more and more and more, more people, more broadly, and, and academia is talking to the Brene Browns of the world, the vulnerability piece, yeah, finally becoming language that is okay. And it yeah. doesn't mean we're all weeping openly on a platform. But what it does mean is we can be a little <laughs> transparent. Yeah, you know, we can be a little honest that we don't actually don't have it all together, but we're on the journey, and so glad you're here as well. You know? like, why can't an exec team be the first to say, "Geez, teaming is hard. Mm. Collaboration is is hard, and we actually have probably, as a business, made it harder for ourselves. We set you goals and KPIs that weren't aligned." We don't reward you for collaboration. We reward you for performance on your deliverable. We spend all of our time in meetings that are just focused on stuff as opposed to understanding that collective mission. Mm. We don't prioritize and, in fact, expect people to, to forge connections and understand different people in this business. We don't value that as actually one of our most important assets is people's understanding of the whole business um, your network is actually part of your the way you create value mm. and it's and it's not something that the competition can copy if we get that right but no wonder it's hard because we never actually have set up for that and we we on reflection haven't done it particularly well ourselves imagine what a breath of fresh air that statement would be <laughs> yeah i think most team or the, the uh the right people sitting in your organization, whether it's five or 500, would all kind of go, okay, righto, thank you. Mm. So how do we, what do we, what do you want us to do now? Mm. How do we, how do we go there? Because I think mm. that's that openness, isn't it? To, to them, for those individuals to say, thank you. Mm. Thank you for not, um, it's the right word. Thank you for not acting like there isn't a problem. Because we mm. know there, there always is. Yeah. 
there always is. There's always a challenge. It's always it is hard work collaborating. I mean, it's an overused word as well. Um, yep. You know, collaboration probably 15 years, 20 years ago became really uh, popular, and everything was about collaboration. But no one actually learned around how do you, what does that mean? How do you do that well? And it isn't just about getting a bunch of people in a room and getting some post-it notes and sticking them all over the wall. There's a lot more work than that. Um, mm. and that. And that is the hard work of the team, isn't it? Mm. And I think as a result for a lot of people, collaboration just means way too many meetings, being CC'd in way too many emails, yep. um, being expected to build consensus on everything that I do. And you know that's just the world. I mean, there's actually been some really interesting research over in the US around the whole phenomenon of collaborative overload and how that has meant that those who are just naturally givers have burned out because they can't, they've got they've been asked to give so much and they have no time to do the work as well and those who aren't naturally givers are going i'm I'm not up for that that sucks and they're under collaborating and so redefining it and understanding and getting really purposeful about it i think is 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 really critical um so getting intentional about this having a shared roadmap for how do we like my my goal with teams is not to just you know, facilitator, I guess, comes in and leads the team through a series of questions and conversations and says, by the end of this session or by the end of this program, you will hopefully feel like a better team. My job is, I think, much more to say, here's the roadmap mm. of what it takes to build great teaming. I'm going to help get you started. But the whole point of this is for you as a team to decide how do you want to use this roadmap going forward? Yeah. Because this is the science of teaming. And it's a structure and it's a shared mental model. And if you get, if you as a team choose to adopt this roadmap and you you build yourself a rhythm of how often do we come back to and kind of look at the map and say, are we holding it up the right way? Where, where are we going well? Where do we need to put mm. some more effort in? Then you're good. Mm. Then you're good. That's <clears throat> yeah, really powerful. And I, uh, one of the things I have said a few times in the past, talking about collaboration, is, and you talked about it there, for me, collaboration isn't... Uh, coercive cooperation <laughs> like <laughs> i love that term coercive the, cooperation it yeah. seems to be this piece where it's you will cooperate yeah hang on a minute um that's not collaboration that's a different conversation there's a choice to make if you want to do that go for your life but don't don't paint it with the wrong brush yeah uh, it's not that brush um yeah yeah it's really significant <clears throat> it's gosh um so many like you said, and we both know rabbit holes everywhere that one could choose to go down. But that was very uh, useful for people. Again, focus, flow, care, and and thinking about the energy it takes. Don't don't avoid it, but go into it with eyes open in the sense that this, there's work here. Mm. And as a result of that, come back to that that first question that I invite a team to think about, which is. To what, to what extent do we feel like we are actually choosing teamwork? Like this has to be a choice. Collaboration <clears throat> should be a choice. Teamwork should be a choice, but not just as a general vibe or principle. Like in all things, collaboration, in all things, teamwork. Like, oh, my God. Stop. Um, yeah, just let me go to the toilet alone. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, it's actually more where and when do we really need this to work mm. and why? And let's get clear on that value piece first before we then ask ourselves, okay, so how are we going to go about it? 
Mm. Um, it's a bit like, you know, I sometimes use the metaphor of it's like ice cream. <clears throat> you know, if I love ice cream. I don't know. Do you like ice cream? Look at me, Simon. Food, broadly speaking, you know, yes. <laughs> Seriously, come on. Well, you know, ice cream can be... I'm always surprised how often I come across people who say, oh, don't like ice cream. I'm, just no, I'm, I, I'm, a, I'm a savoury guy, and I'd also like good ice cream. So, well, yes. There you go. Lollies and stuff? You can get bacon ice cream, apparently. So oh, wow. There That's you go. Heaven on a stick, that one. But... um. Uh, it's like ice cream because I walk into an ice cream shop and there are so many flavors on offer. And so what's the idea here? Ice cream is good. So therefore eat it all. Mm. I think most of us know that's not how this works. Mm. <laughs> ice cream is good. Ice cream shop has lots on offer. Choose a flavor. Mm. Mm. Come back another time. If you want to have a different flavor, mm. have two scoops of different flavors. If you're crazy, mm. but You've got to get choosy. And so I think collaboration teamwork's the same is get really choosy where you invest this effort in saying, let's design ourselves up for this because it's going to take some time and effort and you can't just have it all. And not every, I think there's a, uh, I know you put it there deliberately and I would just want to drag it out again as well, where not everything is teamwork in the sense of what we believe teamwork. And I think there's a whole interesting there's some work here around defining what teamwork even is. Sometimes, so, so what I'm trying to say is, sometimes working in a silo is the best teamwork you can do because it's in service to the team's focus on the yep. mission and the flow that happens. And I don't need, as she said, I don't need you in the toilet with me. I'm fine. You know, the CFO, the financial team, whoever doesn't need the operational team telling them how to do their work. They just need to do their work in service too. And there is a there is a silo, but silos are terrible. No, 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 silos are okay if they're formed the right way to serve, flow, focus, care. They're actually really empowering and enabling. Um, yep. So so please, um, the other thing I see a lot of is people want to kind of do the big smear of collaboration or the unhealthy version of teamwork becoming to use a word just consensus you know the democracy mm. gone wrong mm. It's, mm. Not about, it's not about that yeah I've, I've got a job to do i've got expertise in it i've got a pd i've got stakeholders whatever i don't need everyone's nose in all of my work thank you very much and so and it's funny right because then often team meetings are structured as you know, we go around the table and everyone just gives us an update on what they're working on. And and so then they're surprised when people start trying to get their nose into my work. It's like, well, <laughs> it's because the notion of team was I should put everything on the table. What if instead, and this is a great thing for teams who are sort of thinking, how do I, how do I invite collaboration in a much more deliberate and focused way? Mm-hmm. Is what if instead in your team catches catch-ups, each person put a question on the table? And it's a it's an in, it's an invitational question. It's a question that actually I'm sitting with at the moment about a piece of my work or a challenge I'm facing, and I just put it there because if anyone has a thought or a perspective on that, I would be really interested to have a conversation. Or if it's a question that you relate mm. to in your work as well, we should put our heads together. Mm. Um, you know, and the question could be, how do we deal with declining? Um, declining inbound calls at the moment from customers, prospective customers, or the question could be uh, how do we 
integrate our work into the news database or system in a way that doesn't make life impossibly difficult for us. Or it could be, you know, where's a great place to take the team for the next offsite? I mean, it could be anything, but just start with questions. Give people the opportunity to be curious. Yeah. Yeah. Which, uh, that's a really a significant one. And I know, I'm sure all of us will reflect on the first part of that, which is we sit there and give an update on everything. And it goes around the room. What do I do with that? Have a great day, everyone. Yeah. Now okay. I can go back and do some work. Yes. Versus <laughs> here's something I'm wrestling with. Here's something that's going on in my world. Um, if you've got something like open to any thought, advice, wisdom, or otherwise, this is yep. my this is what I'm wrestling with at the minute. Ooh, cool. It doesn't. Oh, hey, and then of course, everyone jumps into rescue. No, no, no. Just take it away. Ever think about it. Yep. Let me know if you've got something that can be helpful. I'm really open to it. Thank you. Because because what you also get from that is like, and this is what you almost want to encourage is people going. Um, you and I should go and grab a coffee and, and have a chat about that because I do have some thoughts about that, but I'm also really curious what your experience has been. And someone else says, actually, can I join you guys? You know, I'd be really interested as well. And that's now happening. We didn't need a meeting. We didn't need a workshop. We didn't even need post-it notes. Or a collaboration group thing, stuff. Yes. An activation. <laughs> yes. It's all these big words, but yes. That's really cool. Um and, I, and I'm mindful, like I say, you get in a thousand different pathways. And I think you've had a huge value, Simon. And and I tried my best to keep this to a one hour ish window for people. Otherwise, I've got no idea what the time is, you know. Quarter to 10, or in your time, quarter to 12 in your time. Because you are a southern folk and I am not a southern folk because our curtains fade <laughs> differently to yours. Um, just I am. I'm way down in Melbourne. Yes, and sunny Brisbane, not so sunny today. So as we head to the end, um, the last question I ask of people who are generous enough to share their wisdom and their time, and you have done that in spades. Um, if you wanted to leave one thing with people in the sense of, hey, this this one thing's the thing that I think matters. Um, think about this, do something with this. What would that be? And you may have already said it, and that's okay. Mm. What's what's the one thing that the, the 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 closer? I didn't. By the way, I don't. I didn't warn Simon about this, so now he's having to have a bit of a think. Oh, I love the question <laughs> because it's like oh, you say something good. Um, <laughs> Damn, no no pressure hard. at all. Um, <laughs> Improv king, you know. The, I, I I think. You know, there was definitely something as soon as you started asking the question, I was thinking, what is that thing? For me, the thing, so I think I might have even said in our conversation, you know, leaders should be open enough to say teaming can be hard, collaboration can be hard. The last thing I would want then is for people to then hear that as a, oh, so it's all just too hard. No wonder we don't do it. Um. It's hard because we make it hard for ourselves is what I was really suggesting. And I think the way we have traditionally set up organisations and there's still to varying degrees kind of relics of that in every organisation, the extent to which hierarchy actually means that there are really clearly painted lines on the road and I'm supposed to stay in that lane. The extent to which 
I don't get full visibility of decisions. I don't even have a really clear picture of strategy. That that sort of stuff makes teaming hard, but it's up. It is up to organisations to fix that and to deal with that. Yeah. Mm. But if we now bring it back to a local question, even if you're in an exec team listening to this, it actually first and foremost, above all, it's a human question. Mm. Teaming is a human question. Who are you? Who are we? What do we want to be able to do together? And how can we help each other with that? Mm. And let's, as, a, as part of that, allow ourselves to talk about how are we actually tripping each other up with that as well? But just stop trying to control the conversation. Stop trying to keep it all funneled through, you know, one diagnostic questionnaire. The survey results are presented on the screen and then we systematically work through that. I mean, those things can be helpful. But fundamentally, make the space for a bunch of humans to sit down, look at each other and go, what do we want to be able to do and how can we do it? And stop trying to control it. Powerful. Um, I'm sure, yes, thank you. Uh, For people, I'm even going to try to summarise that because that was just (laughs) gold, Simon. Um, For people who want to get in contact with Simon, we will put his connection details in the show notes. Um, But again, Simon Dowling, look it up, Google it. He's there. He's pretty, um, he's out there. Even if he is going through a website redesign. There are other Simon Dowlings out there, but yeah. Yeah, There's only one in my world. There's a bespoke tailor in the UK that people often ask, is that you? There's there's an academic who (laughs) authors a lot of papers whose his profile and mine actually have been merged by Google. So Google is very confused. We have to fix that. But yes. (laughs) Yes. Well, there is, we'll put, we'll put the real Simon down, not those other. The collaborative leadership teaming guy. Correct. The teaming guy. And I think that's the piece here. It's, if you're having questions around this, please reach out and give them a call, reach out because teaming, um, you know, one of the other comments that I say a lot to people is, you know, you got to slow down to speed up. And this teaming, this teaming work is, is all about learning. It's taking the time and the slowdown to really speed up. Mm. You want to see value. You want to see productivity. You want to see passion and purpose, all those cool words that we talk to, but we, we like to think we've got hanging around doing the kind of work Simon does with your crew in the slowdown, and it is a slow, there's energy and there's effort, but doing that, you will see manifold outcomes that are just beautiful and amazing, um, but you've got to do a bit of work, but he's the guy that can help you do it. I call it the whoosh. The you whoosh. do these sessions and then suddenly, all of a sudden, you feel in a team, it just goes whoosh, and this like, energy builds and watch out, try and stop it. Like that feeling as the plane just lifts off the tarmac. It's like you feel that, you feel it. You feel yeah, the lift. Yeah. It's that lift. Um, whoosh and waka waka. I, 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 before we go, I have to go back to the waka waka because I, when you said waka waka, I kind of went, there's a whole generation of people who have no idea what you're talking about there, Fuzzy Bear. <laughs> so um, for everyone out there who's still hanging in there with us, Fuzzy Bear. Waka waka. There it is. The <laughs> Muppet uh, Show we're talking. Yeah, the, the Muppet Show, yes. Um, my kids so. know who Fuzzy Bear is. I, I like to well, think. If it's you walk not- around doing waka waka, of course they do. You know? it's, <laughs> it's, hey, it's, Andrew, this has been, been a, a delight. such a great conversation. You're such a generous interviewer. And um, I think when you do have conversations like this, you, 
you know they've been good ones when you walk away. I've written notes because mm. it's just helped me crystallize some of the thinking that I do around this and I spend all my time in this, but even mm. then just some of the, the the questions, the way you phrase them help me go, oh, okay, that's what that's really about. So thank you. No, you're welcome. And thank you for your time. And on behalf of everyone who's listening, you delivered gold. Uh, really appreciate it. And uh, for those who are out there, thanks for your time. We deeply appreciate you sharing it with us. And uh, as I said, there'll be stuff about Simon down below in the show notes. Please, if you have any questions, reach out, have that conversation because he will absolutely make your world rock. I love Um, hearing from people once they listen to things like this. What stood out for you? What are you interested in? What's a question for you? That might be it. Don't be shy. And Simon also has his own like LinkedIn and everything, follow the guy. It's 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 not only useful, it's um, funny. Can't take the improv out of the guy. And it's just a lot of the work Simon does is also is done in such a light, humid way, but it really hits you. So um, thank you for your time today, Mr. Dowling, and for everyone listening, thank you for your energy and effort here too. And mm-hmm. uh, we'll wrap it up and thank you very much. Have a good, whatever it is, whatever time it is, wherever you are, enjoy the rest of the window that you've got. Thank you.